Become a Leslie's Pro member, and with almost a 1,000 locations conveniently located less than 3 miles from your service route, you can quickly get in and out and take care of your customers. Get Skimmer, America's number one pool service software platform. Listeners of the podcast can try Skimmer for free. Visit my website, swimmingpoollearning.com, and click on the Leslie's Pro and the Skimmer banners to learn more. The Pool Guy Podcast Show. The Pool Guy Podcast Show. Hi, welcome to the Pool Guy Podcast Show, and thank you for being loyal listeners and getting me to episode 1300, and I'm very honored by the support and for you tuning in and listening to this podcast. Today, I'm going to talk to you about what I think are some of the keys to being successful in the pool service industry. Pool Service Pro, open a Leslie's Wholesale account today and receive wholesale pricing on products you use every day. Leslie's Pool Supply offers convenient locations that are open seven days a week. Another great benefit of opening a Leslie's Wholesale account is Leslie's Referral Program. Get referred to a customer looking for weekly pool service. Save time and money and grow your pool service route and become a Leslie's Pro. And I think you hear this a lot. You hear the keys of success for business and you can Google it and you can go read books about it. But I'll tell you from my experience, I've been in the industry since 1988. I started when I was 16. I didn't really know what I was doing, really. I was trained, and things were a lot different back then. There were no cell phones to call someone. Everything was printed, and if you needed help, you were just basically on your own. There was no resources. There was no YouTube that you couldn't Google something to find out what it was. So it was a different era, and it was one of those eras where People were really dedicated and they worked really hard to, you know, do their living where now it's a lot easier. You can Google something and you can, of course, get help. I have a coaching group where I offer help. They can text me and call me. And there's also a group chat they can post questions. in. so there's a lot of resources now that didn't exist back then. Of course, things are pretty much the same with a pool. You have your pump, your filter, you have your heater, you have return jets, you have skimmers. There's nothing really that has changed dramatically since then. Things have gotten a little more complicated with automated systems. But as a whole, the pool is just about the same. Pool care hasn't changed much in 30 or 40 years. And I'm not going to spend a lot of time on the technical aspects of pool care here. I'm going to spend some time on the technical aspects of yourself and how you project yourself, present yourself, and how you do your business. I'm going to start with four keys that I think are really important to being successful. These have helped me be successful out there. The first one is being dependable. Reliable is another word that you can use for this. And this is basically when you say you're going to be there or do something or show up for an appointment, you actually show up on time. You actually do what you're supposed to do. And you're actually doing the weekly service on the pool that you are getting paid for. One of the easiest way to get service accounts is from someone who calls you because their pool guy disappeared. He's not responding. He hasn't been there for two or three weeks. Very common in the industry where if someone gets frustrated with their job or with the pool, they just kind of ghost the client and disappear. It's not nothing that's changed over the years. You get a lot of calls from people that say, my pool guy comes once in a while He's here one week. He's not here the next. I remember taking over an account several, several years ago where I 
I opened up the timer and it was a sign-in sheet. And the person that was doing the pool actually signed in for the whole month. And it wasn't even, of course, those dates yet. And that's kind of just how it is with some companies. And you're fortunate if you're dependable and reliable and the customer sees you there every week because you're going to have an edge over your competition just by the simple fact of showing up every week. It'll get to the point where if you're running late or if you get sick and you miss that pool or if your truck breaks down and you're using a different truck, the client is going to be questioning you. Hey, are you okay? Or I noticed that a different truck came today. Are you still doing my pool? Those are the questions that you'd like to get because that means that you're extremely reliable and dependable and someone they can count on to show up and do their pool. This is the job where you're kind of a free agent out there. You can do whatever you want at your own schedule. And if you don't have the personality to be reliable and dependable, then this probably is not the field to be in. You're in a service industry, so you're serving others, serving others by cleaning their pool. And it doesn't really matter if you're starting out, you know what you're doing, you don't know what you're doing. Being reliable and dependable is the key. There's been so many times where I've been to an account to do something, and the customer's like, the pool doesn't look that great. And the customer's like, well, you know, I like my guy. He's not the greatest, but he shows up every week and he tries hard. And, you know, that, that goes a lot, shows a lot for that particular person because I'm like, this pool doesn't look that great. I'm here to do something else, but I'm not going to say nothing because I've learned never to bad mouth another pool company. It'll, it'll eventually get back to you. But my first thought was, well, I mean, he's reliable, dependable, and he, the customer likes that, you know, more power to them for that reason. So that goes a long way. And believe it or not, that can save you from losing an account if something were to happen. If maybe the pool starts getting algae and you're trying to figure it out. And this happens to everyone out there. Believe me, I'm not immune to this. But I've had accounts where there's an algae bloom. I'm scratching my head thinking, what's going on here? Can't figure it out. I'm trying to clear it up. It's still not getting better. The pool looks pretty bad, but eventually it starts to get better. During that period of time, the customer can easily you know, fire you and get someone else. But since you've been dependable and reliable throughout the months and years, they'll give you more grace or brownie points. And so you can get away with certain things by the fact that you've had reliable, dependable service through the years. And that really comes into play in building your business up because when someone asks them, hey, you know a pool service company that I can call? They're going to probably give your information first to that person because you've proven that you're reliable and dependable and then your business will expand if you do research, you know that the most successful businesses are those that have word-of-mouth advertisement, which means they spend no money on Google, Thumbtack, HomeAdvisor. All their business comes from other people telling them how great you are. And if you can get to about 70 or 80% of referrals that way, you're an extremely successful business. I think referrals are down like around 20 or 30% for a lot of successful companies. But in the pool industry, if you can get up to 70 or 80%, you're going to be extremely successful. You're going to be able to expand and grow your business just by the fact that you show up, you do a good job, and the customer can rely on you. The other quality trait that kind of goes hand in hand with being dependable is being honest. And this is something that comes hard to some people. And sometimes if you've been in the business world, you know that honesty is not usually the best policy in a lot of cases. It's not something that's preached and, you know, kind of encouraged in a lot of situations. But for me, I think at the core, being honest with your clients is the key to success. I was called one time to do a light fixture. The customer was not my customer yet, and she thought her pool light was burned out. It wasn't. There was no spa, so I assumed it was a pool light. 
when I got there, I noticed that sometimes the breaker will trip, but it looks like the breaker's still on. And if you've been doing this a long time, you know that this is something that you could spend like 20 minutes troubleshooting, and then you get to the breaker and realize that it's actually tripped, but it looks like it's still on. So I turned the breaker on and off, and the pool light came on. And then I looked around to see what exactly was the problem, and there's the GFI that was in the planter. The cover was missing, and of course the sprinklers caused that to trip, and the breaker tripped also. And I think, you know, at this point I had everything. I had the the light fixture, I had the gasket, and I was going to change this thing. This is before cameras, before anyone's, you know, watching everything you do out there. I could have easily had told her I put the light in and charged her, you know, $200 or whatever for that. But I just simply texted and said, hey, you know what? You know, the actual, it actually was a GFCI that was tripped. Your pool light's fine. So there's no charge for the service. So she eventually hired me and I found out that she was a widow and she tried to take over the pool herself. And that was one problem she was dealing with. There was no light for her grandkids at night. So I felt good about that particular incident and I got the customer She's been a long-time customer for a long time now. And people learn to trust you just by doing simple things like that. Over the years, other situations came up. There was one situation, and this is this was a hard one for me because I was doing this pool for many, many years, and they had two dogs. And for some reason, I don't know, they were dog sitting, and they, there were three dogs back there, but I didn't know this. So I opened the gate, and the two dogs there never bolt out. They're trained, and they're fine. But the dog, they were dog sitting, bolted out. And I, you know, I didn't know what was going on. I'm like, why is there another dog back here? But I figured out, I said to myself, they're probably dog sitting. And I just let that dog out and it's running north. I mean, really fast. There's no way I can catch it. So, you know, I could have just not even said anything because who knows, you know, they could have thought maybe the dog got out somehow. And the gardener was there earlier in the morning. And if the dog is a runner, they probably thought it just got out somehow. But I texted the customer, I said, hey, you know, I, I didn't know you were dog sitting and I hate, hate to say this, but the dog bolted and it's running north down this particular street. And a couple minutes later, I got a text back. It's like, oh, don't worry about it. We're going to, I'm going to let, you know, my son know he's going to go chase it down and don't worry about it. Thanks for letting me know. I mean, I could not have made that text because it's, it's really tough when you let a pet out and you have to tell the owner. But eventually, the story had a happy ending. About half an hour later, he texted me saying the son got the dog back. Um, I was more careful after that, for sure. But that's something that I think is important because I could have not made that text because it was tough, but I did. And you're going to be in those situations where things could be tough. I remember one in particular that was really embarrassing, and it was a really hard one for me because I thought I was pretty smart and I knew what I was doing. And I had just gotten this account. Technically, I had the account, but the homeowner sold and a new owner took over. So I've had this account for a month with a new owner. She was back there doing gardening. I'm cleaning the filter. It was a 4000 series. There's a handle on the bottom for backwash and for filter mode. So, of course, I put the filter in backwash mode and I was cleaning it. And then I put everything back together. But for some reason, I wasn't paying attention and I didn't move it back from backwash to filter. I turned on the pool. I started charging the filter with diatomaceous earth. I saw the water level going down a little bit. I was like, there's something weird happening here. Then I realized my mistake. So I turned everything off and I pulled the filter back. I put the filter back in the filter mode from backwash mode. But as you know, when you backwash a filter, it reverses the flow. So all the water goes inside the grids and pushes all the DE off the grids. That's how the backwash works. 
But since I charged that filter with diatomaceous earth in backwash mode, when I turned it back to filter mode, all that diatomaceous earth blew out into the pool. This is a black bottom pool, rectangular, really beautiful landscaping around it. And that pool just got extremely cloudy within like two minutes. And of course, the customer was really concerned. I just basically told her, you know what, I was cleaning your filter. I made a mistake. I had the valve set wrong. It'll settle down to the bottom and I'll come back and vacuum it out in a couple hours. She was really nice about it, but that was like one of those like, duh, you know, you know what you're doing. You just, I just bought the house and I kept you on, but everything worked out well as time went on. I, you know, that account became a really good account, but probably not the best way to start off with a new customer. I mean, I could have easily told her, oh, you know, you have a problem with your filter. There's torn grids or something happened and I'll take care of it. But I just told her basically, I guess I was just on the spot and my nature just to say the truth and I just said you know I had the valves wrong and I made a mistake I think people respect that in some ways as long as you're not going to ruin anything or destroy their pool a mistake is something that happens as human nature everyone makes a mistake that's why we have auto insurance because accidents do happen and I think if you try to hide and cover up everything you're going to have a problem with your business because the level of honesty kind of translates into everything you do. And if you're telling, you know, falsehoods here or discrepancies here, it eventually catch up to you and cause you problems in the end. The third principle, and one that's kind of my pet peeve, is treating people with respect. And this goes across many facets of this. It's not something that a lot of people talk about. I talk about it, and sometimes people make fun of me for this, and I get a lot of, you know, I'm the butt of a lot of jokes but I think when you express yourself, when you use profanity in your language, when you're talking to a customer, doing anything with profanity, to me, I find it offensive because that shows some disrespect, especially if you have a habit of just using profane words and curse words all the time. That's something that I would highly recommend you work on and try to break yourself of using a lot of profanity when you talk. and. I know exactly when I developed this kind of distaste for profanity. I was in ninth grade. I just started high school. I was kind of a nervous kind of kid. My parents had just got a divorce. Things were a mess. And I was looking for some kind of role model, I think. So my biology teacher, Mr. Russell, he was someone who really had a lot of insight and said a lot of great things. And I'm sure everyone's had a teacher where every word they say is kind of like a golden nugget. So one of the first things he said the first day of class was, and he gave this lecture, it was about five minutes long, so I'm going to just paraphrase it. He said, I know a lot of you use profanity and hear it on the hallways and use it at home. I'm going to tell you right now that it's not tolerated in the classroom here, and I'm going to warn you the first time. The second time, I'm going to have you step out. But basically, your know, profanity is being lazy. If you can't express yourself using words of how you feel, and you just kind of go to profanity to, to express yourself. It's a level of ignorance that I won't tolerate in here, because profanity is just ignorance. You can't say, I'm feeling bad, I'm feeling sad. You just say a curse word to express yourself. And this is not what I am going to take in this class. And if you want to say that you're angry about something or sad about something, express yourself using correct words and not profanity. Now this is paraphrasing it, but it was pretty impactful for me as a young person looking for a role model. And I really 
took that to heart. And from that day, I did not use profanity. I wasn't even a Christian at that point or believer, but I just changed the way I talked, talked to people and the words I chose. And that really stuck with me. And it really sticks with me now in business. I really don't like when people use profanity when they're talking to me. I won't say anything. I won't say, hey, can you not say that? Because I respect people and I understand that I'm not the person that's going to change them and lecture them about it at that moment. But maybe they'll change over time. Maybe they'll change just by the fact they'll lose business. And I shared the story before. There's this pool that I did before where the lady was like super proper. She won many awards, you know, in San Marino for her yard. And she had a refrigerator that was broken in the backyard, like a small little refrigerator by her barbecue, built-in barbecue. So the serviceman was back there from the refrigerator company. And every other word out of his mouth, he was describing the problem, was a curse word. And I know she's this really proper lady, you know, and I was just listening to what's going on there. Her face, if the guy was looking up, he was leaning down into the into the refrigerator. But he looked at her face, he would have realized that she was not happy with the way he was talking and I guarantee you that that company or that serviceman will never be back on her property. And the same thing for me. I had a garage door guy come by my house to fix some things on my garage. Thankfully, there was no one around but me. But every other word was profanity, talking about the chain, talking about this. And to me, I don't think he's going to go very far in business. You know, he, he was telling me that he's been working for this company for 10 years. He's going to start his own business. And I'm thinking in the back of my head, if this is how the guy talks to customers, he's not going to have a very successful business, especially in the field he's in dealing with different people with their garages and the words he was using. It was just, you know, phenomenal the way he was talking. I'll leave it as that. And I I don't think I would call him back for sure because I don't want him talking around my neighbors. My neighbor has little kids. If they're outside hearing him talk like that, I would be really embarrassed to have someone doing service for me with that kind of mouth. So how you talk to others is really important and you don't know who's listening. You don't know if there's a potential client that's listening to you talking. And really, I think it's important to watch your language. This is an old school thing. You can call me the church lady if you want, but I really think that this is going to change your business so much if you just choose your words carefully and eliminate profanity completely from your vocabulary in the business world. And I think this is like a two-part thing. So treating people is also the fourth thing. Treating people right is also the fourth key. And besides the way you talk to them, it's how you deal with people of different cultures, of different ethnicities, races. And I think you can lose a lot of business if you have prejudice against a certain person or certain certain way of they, they do things or say things. And this is something that I've worked hard on myself. I probably wasn't modeled really well, wasn't really modeled really well in my house. But I realized that, you know, this is something that's extremely important, not only in business, but in your personal life. People can sense when you're treating them in a, in a kind of an offhand way, dismissing them because of their race, ethnicity, belief system. And I really see this a lot out there when I'm working, when I'm going out to places. I see how people are treated differently by employees, treated differently by the business owner based on how they look. You really never know who the golden goose is going to be in your business. You know, if you discount somebody because the way they, you know, the country they're from, and you're thinking, well, I can't deal with these people. 
then you may have just killed the golden goose because maybe they have a a car wash in town that they own and they could have easily put up your flyer as people are pulling into the car wash or maybe vacuuming their car. You could have gotten 20 or 30 clients from that person. But since you dismissed them just by how they look, then you lost that business and you lost those 30 accounts that were associated with getting that client. You never know if that person, maybe his wife's a realtor and then she has you do a bunch of other stuff for her. By dismissing people on the surface, you lose a lot of business. And so try to get that, change that attitude you have towards differences. I know it's difficult for some of us and it's difficult and it's easy for others, but I see a lot of people leaving a a lot of money on the table because they pass up an opportunity based on their impression or their false impression of a particular person based on, again, how they look and you know, their belief system or whatever, however you want to look at it. You just don't want to do that. I'll end with this story. I carry $10 bills in my wallet and I like to give money to homeless people when I see them. If they come up to me and ask me for money, I'll give them the $10 bill. I had this one lady come up with this like really long story. She's like, hey, I'm not, you know, I'm not on the street. I, you know, I went to Burger King with my family and it was $40 and I'm a little short. I'm like, hey lady, there's, in my head I'm thinking there's no Burger King around here. And, you know, I don't really care about this story, but I just gave her the $10. She was really happy. And she was like, oh, you started talking to me. But one of those things where I'm the kind of person that does that, you know, they may use it for bad things. I understand that. But there's a need. It makes their day brighter at that moment. And it just brings a little bit of joy to them getting, you know, something. So this is a completely true story. I was It was Father's Day, actually, and I was shopping at a local market. There's homeless people out front all the time. I usually give him a bag of chips or something. And there's one particular person in particular. He's an African-American homeless guy. He's out there all the time, kind of young. So I was going to my truck and I was leaving. I got home and I noticed that I didn't have my wallet. So I was like, huh, what happened to my wallet? You know, I was, it wasn't that calm. I was like a little bit panicking. Like what happened to my wallet? Cause everything's in there. My cards, my license. And I, I figured it's going to be a big hassle to have to go through all that. So I drive back over there and they pull up the camera at the store and they see that I had my wallet and I put it in my pocket. And I was like, okay, so it's going to be in the parking lot. I must have dropped it somewhere. So I go out to the parking lot and then I see this particular homeless person and he, he kind of knows me from my dealings with him earlier, you know, over the months. And I say, hey, did you uh, happen to see a wallet in the parking lot? And he's like, what color was it? And I said, it was brown. And then he opens up his backpack and he, he pulls it out and he goes, is this it? And so he gave me my wallet back with everything in it, except the cash I had in there, which I didn't care. So I went into the store and I bought, you know, a a candy bar and I got $100 cash back and I gave it to the guy and I was really appreciative. And he said to me, I gave him the money and I said, you know, thank you so much for giving my wallet. And he said to me, thank you for making me an honest person. This is a true story. That's exactly what he said to me. And the moral of the story is you're never going to know when something you do, a good deed, if you want to call it that, it's going to come back and pay you back. And this was a good payback in a great way because I got my wallet back. But if I was the type of person that just ignored them, didn't treat them with respect, didn't acknowledge that they existed, do you think he would have given my wallet back? I don't think so. Did he recognize me? I hope he did because he's there all the time and I have gotten him stuff when he was sitting there. So I think he did. And I think It's the key to success in every area of your life to take these principles, 
that you put in the business world and use them in your personal world. But this is how I've been successful over the years, and I hope you take this to heart and apply it to your business. And again, it'll bleed into your personal life as well. And that's what I'm hoping will happen with these principles. If you're looking for other podcasts I've recorded, you can find them on my website, swimmingpolearning.com. Click on the podcast icon, and then a drop-down menu of podcasts I recorded will appear there. If you're interested in the coaching program that I offer, you can learn more at poolguycoaching.com. Thanks for listening to this podcast. Have a great rest of your week, and God bless. Real quick, if you're not using pool service software, try Skimmer free for 30 days at getskimmer backslash poolguy. Again, that's getskimmer backslash poolguy. Skimmer, everything you need to run your pool service business all in one app.